0: You played, and it didn't quite sound like that, so... Great job! Good job on that. All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, uh, Lord willing. We are going to finish out our um, our uh, series on our responsibilities of one to another, and uh, we got uh, two of them we're going to cover this evening, and then we're going to be done with this and so move on to something else, uh, Lord willing. But uh, we'll uh, look at a couple things tonight. First uh, uh, Peter chapter five is where we're going to start at First Peter chapter five. So if you find your place. Stand with me together as we read uh, the passage here. First uh, Peter chapter five. Uh, Beginning in verse 1, we'll read down through verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, "...the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind." Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, God. Thank you for the gathering of your people. Lord, the singing of your praises, God. And now as we turn our attention to your word, ask God you would speak to us and help us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, the first thing we're going to look at tonight is what we read there in verse five, and that is to be subject one to another and uh, now of course, uh, again, we must uh, study the scripture within context. what exactly is God talking about here? Well, I on purpose read the first few verses uh, to set the context of the passage and the context of the passage of course uh, is for uh, the pastor and that's who it's referring to here uh, the responsibilities of the pastor to the church and the authority that God gives to pastor in the church uh, and 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 the pastor, understanding that uh, what he's doing is serious business, because he's going to have to give an account to the chief shepherd when he appears. Amen. And then we see also then uh, that uh, the um, verse five that the younger submit yourselves unto the elder, and then all of you be subject one to another. So what does it mean when he's talking about subject one to another? Well, he's talking about the fact uh, the word "subjected" means to be uh, in, in subordination or to be obedient to. And what he's teaching here, and we don't just see this here we see this in other passages we're going to look at in just a moment is God's chain of authority God's chain of authority now just remember this folks all right God's the one that came up with authority not man God's the one that established authority and all throughout the scripture uh, you see God's plan for authority and uh, you know what Uh, sometimes that relationship is different, okay? Uh, like, for example, all right, tonight already, uh, we've had a couple different authorities, if you will, all right? Uh, as I'm standing up here, I'm the authority that's teaching the Word of God. A few minutes ago, Brother Dave was the authority that was leading the songs. Uh, those of you that teach Sunday school, when you teach your class, you're the authority in that class. And so, what he's talking about by being subject one to another uh, is the fact that when you find yourself in a place that someone's in authority, uh, you know what? Submit to that authority, amen? And that doesn't mean everybody walks around just commanding everybody what to do all the time. No, it means in whatever area God has entrusted authority to you, uh, that uh, those under you should be in authority. That means this, when Brother Dave's up here leading singing, we're all in authority under his leadership as a song leader. Amen? Uh, again, when we call upon someone, what do I say? Would you lead us in prayer? That means that person is the one leading in prayer, and we ought to be in subject into the person that's leading in prayer. And so all throughout life, you're going to find that there's... Uh, a, a, areas we must be in subjection to. Amen? Now, the Bible tells us how to do that. Again, verse 5. And here's what it takes to do that. And be clothed with humility. Alright? That idea of putting on. And uh, humility is something that we must put on because it doesn't come naturally. Right? Humility, in fact, what comes naturally? Pride comes naturally, amen? And we need to put off pride and put on humility. And if we'll be humble, then we can be subject to those we need to be subject to. By the way, everybody is subject to somebody. Right? Everybody. Uh, and we'll look at some different relationships in just a minute here. Now, I think uh, what uh, is amazing about this is that Jesus, of course, who was the Creator, is the Creator, who is God. Uh, when He came to earth as the Son of Man, He chose to be in, uh, uh, in subject to uh, His earthly parents. Remember the story there in Luke chapter 2, where um, uh, Jesus, they went up to the temple, and uh, Mary and Joseph, of course, uh, uh, they went there for the sacrifice, and they lost Jesus, and uh, they couldn't find him. They started home, and he wasn't with them, and and they went back, and where was he at? He was in the temple, and he was there asking questions, and uh, you know they they questioned him about that. And by the way, the answer he gave them was not a smart-aleck answer. Of course, Jesus never sinned, all right? He wasn't being rebellion. He just stated for them that he must be about his capital F father's business, amen, and was a reminder to them who he was and what he was here to do, and then it says this, the next verse says, though, but he made himself and he went back with them and was in subject unto them, amen, and Jesus Christ chose to be put himself in subjection to earthly authority, so hey. If He can do it, what's our excuse? Amen? All right, If we make excuses, it's because of pride. I can tell you that. Let's look at some uh, different instances here in the scripture, some instances of authority that God has asked us to be under. All right, go to Galatians chapter five. a few pages back there, Galatians chapter five. And we see here uh, in verse 13, Galatians chapter five uh, verse 13. says this, "For brethren, ye have been called unto liber- liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now again, I know that doesn't use the word "in subject," but it basically gives the same idea. All right, that we are to serve, uh, make ourselves uh, subservient to others. Amen. And it gives that idea of what it would be to be in subject to someone. By the way, think about that. All right, uh, back uh, in uh, when there was the uh, when kings used to rule, you know, they would call people their 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 loyal subjects. Right? They would. Say, Say that people who was uh, in subjection to them, and that's uh, uh, the same principle we see here in Galatians chapter three. Uh, I'm sorry, five uh, verse. Um uh, verse uh, thirteen, Galatians chapter five, verse thirteen. And again, notice I, what I like about that verse: "For you being called unto liberty." By the way, you know what that's talking about—freedom. Amen. By the way, you—we don't. Nobody knows what freedom is until their sins are put in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you're free from. Now, the world calls that bondage. Amen. But God calls it freedom. By the way, should it surprise us that it's exactly opposite of what the world thinks? By the way, a good way to say, the, a good litmus test, okay? More than likely, if the world is for it, God's against it. Yeah. If God's against it, the world's for it, especially in our day and age. Amen? Not so much maybe years ago. There would be some people uh, that would, you know, even if they weren't saved because they had character, would kind of line up with the Bible. Not so in our day and age for the most part. I mean, uh, one of the signs the last uh, the last time, they'll call evil good and good evil. And that's a generation we're living in. Amen? So, again, who cares what the world thinks? God says, listen, you've been called to liberty, but you know what you need to do with your liberty? Not to, uh, for an occasion to the flesh. And by the way, that's contemporary Christianity there, amen? All right, an occasion to the flesh. Well, Christ has set us free. We can do what we want, no condemnation. No, did did grace abound? uh, Should should we sin because grace abounds? What what, what did the Apostle Paul say? God forbid, amen? That's not why. But we ought to use that liberty uh, for an occasion, as we see right here, to serve one another, amen? And by love serve one another, being subject one to another. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This is another uh, passage here where it talks about subjection. Galatians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. All right, verse 21. And we see here, uh, look at what verse 21 says. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord amen, and again that's that's a uh, uh, relationship to relationship uh when there's uh, a time to be in submission, we are to submit one to another and again, we could use the the example of uh when you are in an authority and God gives those underneath you listen if someone's your authority, you ought to submit amen by the way, it's not just you know to uh just uh one another as far as other Christians I mean God wants us to submit even to the laws of the land, right. I mean, you know what? As Christians, uh, we ought to be submitting to the things that uh, uh, as long as they don't, as, as the apostles said, we must obey God rather than men, amen? But you know what? If, if it doesn't conflict with the Word of God, we ought to obey it. Amen? So um, we ought to one to another. And then look at another sum, uh, submission relationship there in verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church, here we see the word subject again, is subject unto Christ. So that the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And so we see more uh, subjection relationships. We see one to another. We see the wife to the husband. And then we see the church as to Christ. Amen? And so listen, we're, nobody's getting out of this thing of being uh, in subjection. Amen? All of us are subject to something. And you know what? We are to do so, and we're to do so, as the Bible says, with humility. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Let's turn over there. Next chapter or the next book over, Philippians chapter two, and uh, let's, let's What we see here. Uh, let's uh, look at verse three. Verse three again. This gives us the idea of how we are to be in in subjection. What leads to subjection and how we can do it. Look what he says. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. All right. Think about that statement for a minute. Amen. Not most things. It's not what the scripture says. Let nothing. Alright. That means when it comes to the things that, uh, when it comes to the things the way, uh, life operates for the Christian, the way the church operates, the way the home operates, it should not be done through strife or vainglory. Amen. There shouldn't be a bunch of strife involved in our inner our relationships as Christians. Now understand, uh, from time to time, we gotta deal with stuff. Why? We're human beings. Amen. Stuff happens. And, uh, as I said the other night, everybody still has a sin nature and we gotta work through that stuff. But, uh, you know what? God wants it to be done. Uh, uh, in in an orderly way, not through strife or vainglory. Again, vainglory speaks of pride, all right? Want the glory for yourself. How should we do that, all right? How can we be in subjection? But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's an easy verse to read. That's a hard verse to live. Amen? Lowliness of mind. Uh, Again, a mind of humility. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Again, talking about an a, uh, attitude of humility and ad, an attitude of, of service and uh, being in subjection in those areas. And then one more verse, let's look at James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Pretty famous verse. This is one of uh, my what I call my... Uh, Ammo verses and uh, that I use uh, for um, spiritual warfare. James chapter 4 and um, verse uh, 6 and 7. Verse 6 and 7. And again, we preached throughout of verse 6 a few weeks ago, uh, but notice what he says here. James chapter uh, 4, verse 6 and 7. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And look at verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And listen to me, folks. If uh, you want to make the devil flee, the first thing you've got to do is be submitted to God. Amen? That means in obedience to God, in obedience to the Word of God, what God would have you to do. Listen to me. If we're living rebellious lives against direct commands of Scripture, we are no match for the devil. I can tell you that. Amen? You must be submitted to God. And how do we do that? Well, thank praise the Lord. God gives us the grace. Amen? He gives us the unmerited favor uh, to be humble. If we'll simply follow Scriptural principles, ask God uh, to help us, He will. And thus, in turn, we can submit to God, resist the devil, and He will will flee from us amen so let me just say this all right as we uh go to the next principle here in just a second but this idea of being subject one to another nobody's getting away from authority amen nobody all right so the area that you're to be in subjection to do so in a christ-honoring way amen listen if you are an employee be the best employee you can be for your employer by the way christians ought to be the best employees amen we ought to be the ones that are setting the example, not the ones trying to get out of work or, or trying to figure out how the least amount we can work. Amen? That's what the world does. That shouldn't be what Christians do. Amen? And uh, whatever area you're in subject uh, in subjection to, be in subjection to that. And be in it with humility. Amen? Uh, be in it with humility. Now, that doesn't mean that authority is always right. Alright? By the way, I'll often say this, there's only one ultimate authority and that's God. Amen. Only God has ultimate authority. And you know what? M- uh, mankind may uh, ask you to do something, but if it violates God, then guess what? We have a higher power we answer to. Amen. But listen, if 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 authorities is is telling you to do something, asking you to do something that doesn't violate God's word, be in subjection to that, amen, and do so with humility, because I'm going to tell you right now, the opposite of humility is pride, and when pride gets involved, there's problems, amen. Only by pride cometh contention is what the book of Proverbs says. So, subject one to another. All right, let's look at the last one here tonight. Colossians chapter 3. Let's go there. Colossians chapter 3. The last time we're going to look at Colossians chapter three verse sixteen is going to be our text verse for this one. Colossians chapter three verse sixteen. Notice what he says here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Amen. By the way, that right there could be a sermon. All right, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. By the way, if something's rich, it means it's abundant, right? If you have riches, it means you have abundance of something. Well, you know what God says we ought to be rich in? The Word of Christ. Amen. By the way, dwell in you. All right? you got to put the Word of God in. Right? you got to put it in. Let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, here's what happens. It's very interesting. When you're filled with the Word of God, some things are going to happen here. All right? Notice what we see teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And isn't this this interesting? When when the word of Christ dwells in us, okay, uh, it's going to put a song in our heart. Amen. By the way, let me just say this: a a a, a spirit-filled Christian is a singing Christian, yes. right? A singing Christian. By the way, I I, I uh, you know uh, get a little concerned with Christians who don't want to sing, don't want to sing the praises of God. That could be a reflection of something that's in the heart. Amen. Because when the or sh- should I say something that's not in the heart, the Word of God maybe isn't there the way it ought to be. I don't know about y'all, but I mean, listen, these hymns that we sing, there's something precious about those hymns, amen? That's why we sing them here and we're always going to sing them here. We're not bringing the world's music into this church. ain't happening. By the way, if you want the world's music in a church, pick any church in this town. You can find it. Pick any church. (laughs) <laughs> amen we're not bringing the world's music in here amen. i'm not interested in this turning into a you know a, a nightclub concert or any other garbage going on amen no we're going to sing exactly what the bible says psalms hymns spiritual songs amen. amen by the way what's the world's music does you know what it does it pleases the flesh right i mean come on folks i mean uh we, we all know how it is all right, I hope you don't listen to the wrong kind of music, but at some point in time, all of us have probably listened to music we shouldn't have listened to. And you know what happens? That stuff gets in your heart. Amen? And listen, you can walk in a store, haven't heard a song in years and years and years, and you can start singing it just like that. There's something powerful about music. Amen? And you know what we need to do then? Uh, we need to be putting the right kind of stuff Amen. in. The right kind of songs. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Isn't it interesting the Bible even talks about hymns? Isn't that interesting? Psalms, it's talking about exactly what it's talking about. The book of Psalms. The book of Psalms was Israel's songbook. Uh, hymns, spiritual songs. By the way, what's the difference between the world's music and the right kind of music? The world's music pleases the flesh. God's kind of music feeds the spirit. Amen. Right. Right? And uh, that's the difference. And we need to be putting that in our hearts because here's what happens. When that's in your heart, a song's going to come on your lips. And by the way, that's going to make an impact. Amen? Because listen, these verses are in here in order for a reason. Verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. By the way, you know what? We have here a correlation between the right kind of music and the right kind of living. By the way, let, let, let's let go ahead and go do the converse of that, okay? What do you think the wrong kind of music produces? The wrong kind of living, right? I mean, listen, folks, If but let's just, before you even get to the words, just think of the music itself. What's the world's music do that makes your body want to move, right? I mean, you know, rarely do you ever see anybody listen to the wrong kind of music where they're not bebopping around, okay? Then, go to the words. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I couldn't even... Read most of the lyrics of uh, of the top popular songs of the day that everybody you know probably listens. To. couldn't even read that pornographic. they're wicked. I mean, you know, even you know, good, okay, all right, put your seatbelt on, amen. Even good old American country western music. By the way, ain't what it used to be, by the way. okay? When I was a kid, rocky top, all right, you know, West Virginia, Country roads, take me home. All right. Listen to those kind of songs. Don't make me want to go out and cheat on my wife and drink beer and all this other stupid stuff. But this modern, you know, junk that's out there—wicked as hell. I mean, it's 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 wicked. I mean, just read the lyrics of the pop uh, of the top popular country western music songs. I mean, literally, you'll find something about beer. Guarantee it. You'll find something about drinking or uh, uh, cheating. All right? You'll find something about, you know, uh, going out and doing this, carousing, things the Bible says not to do, by the way. Amen? I wasn't even planning on preaching on that. I guess the Holy Spirit wanted me to say it. Amen? Yep. And so, um, but all that to say, let's go back to where we're going with. All right? Because that wasn't the direction of where we're going. Back to verse 16. All right? Here's what we're to do. Teaching and admonishing one another. Amen? And that's what our responsibility is, is to Teach one another. Amen? Teach one another. Now, based upon the context, all right, we're teaching because of the words of Christ that dwell in us. That's the source of teaching. And then, also, the Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Those are a source uh, that we can use to teach the message God would have for us to teach. Amen? By the way, just, just remember this. All knowledge comes from God. Amen? I mean, by the way, God is the one that's given us the brain, To learn, okay? Or should I say all the right knowledge comes from God, okay? And the more we study the Word, the better equipped we will be to teach others. Psalms chapter 25 verse 5 says this, Lead me in thy truth and teach me. By the way, that word teach, it means to point. Simply what it means, to point to something. And you know God wants to use us and our lives and what He puts in us than to give out to others. By the way, Jesus set the prime example of this in the feeding of the 5,000. Okay? He worked the miracle. By the way, He broke the bread. Okay? Speaking of of, of substance. But you know what He did? He gave to the disciples to give to the people. And that set an example for us. Because as we receive from Christ, you know what then we do? Give to others. And that's the point in learning. Amen? And so God can use us to help somebody else. And by the way, we're not, we're not out there teaching our opinion. We're not out there, you know, uh, teaching what we think, what's right in our own eyes. That's why the source of it must be just what it says right here, the Word of Christ. Amen? But I'm gonna tell you, that's God's plan for people to, to understand God's Word. They need someone to teach Him. I think of the story of the Ethiopian eunuch there in Acts chapter 8, I believe it is. And, we uh, where, um, uh, he, uh, Philip, uh, he came and, and uh, God allowed Philip to supernaturally, gave him supernatural power to run beside that chariot. Read that story. That's an interesting story. God gave Philip some superpowers there, okay? God literally uh, uh, picked him up and took him to the desert, allowed him then to run beside that chariot, okay? Well, however fast that was going, I guarantee horses run faster than men can. And, was re- and as he was re- think about that. Here's the Ethiopian, uh, Ethiopian eunuch reading something and, whoa, What's that? Here's a guy running, keeping pace with the side of his chariot. What are you reading in there? And they start carrying on a conversation. You'd think they'd stop and carry on a conversation. They eventually did, right? And uh, he's like, well, I'm reading out of the book of Isaiah. Philip, understandest what thou readest? Here's what he said. How can I accept some man teach me or some man show me? What that shows us, folks? Yes, the Word of God, no doubt, is powerful. But God almost always uses a human agent to help a person come to him. Amen? And so um, uh, we see how important it is for us to take what God gives us and teach to others. All right, let's look at a couple of verses here, and then we'll close this thing out. Matthew chapter 28, very famous passage of Scripture. This is what we call, of course, the Great Commission. And we see here uh, what it is God wants for Christians to do. By the way, not just for preachers to do, for Christians to do. Amen? Notice what he says. Again, I love the, this passage here. Right before Jesus ascended, here's what he said. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. By the way, aren't you thankful for that? Not some power, not most power, all power. Amen. That means God has all, all the, listen, all the principalities and powers, good and bad, are subject to his power. Amen. And by the way, you know what's interesting? Is that he, he then gives us that power. Amen? All power is given to Him and that He gives that power to us. Man, that's a powerful thing. Amen? Now, what did He give the power to do? Not go around and, you know, uh, waving suit coats around, smacking people in the forehead. You're healed. That kind of stuff. Amen? That's not what it's about. No, what is the power for? He tells us what it's for. Verse 19. Go ye therefore, and what? Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, of uh, the Holy Ghost. Teaching them, there's that word again, to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you all, even to the end of the world. Amen. So you know what we're to be teaching? We're to be teaching lost people. Amen. And then once we teach lost people the gospel, then we are then to what? We, 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 we use this term, we disciple. Or we teach the things that Jesus taught to his disciples, we then teach to them. Amen. And by the way, you know what really midweek Bible study is about? It's about teaching. It's what it is teaching folks to observe the things that Christ told for us to do by the way that commands for every Christian amen that's for all of us we all ought to be involved in that in teaching the gospel getting the gospel out and then helping teach others uh, the right things to do and the right way to live amen again that's why God put us here and that's why God gave us supernatural power to do that and we need and we need his power to be able to, uh, uh, to do that that command alright let's go to Acts chapter 15 a few books over there Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Acts chapter 15. And that's what you see all through the New Testament, amen, putting the, obeying the command of Christ. There's a novel concept, just obeying the command of Christ, amen. Notice what we see, verse 35. Paul also, Acts chapter 15, verse 35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch. Why did they stay there? Here we go, you ready? Teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Now, Paul gets a lot of a spotlight. No doubt, God used him in a tremendous way, but he wasn't the only teacher. A lot of teachers in the, in, there in the book of Acts, okay? Some of them named, some of them unnamed. But man, there's a lot of people out there that uh, God used uh, as as the early church uh, grew. And I mean, think about it, okay? Just to, just to the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people saved and baptized. 3,000! And there were other times where thousands of people at one time got saved. Listen, all those people need to learn. They need to grow. They need to be taught. Okay, And you know what? You see Paul, Barnabas, and others preaching and teaching. Hey, Amen? What a wonderful thing to be involved in. All right, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12. Now, this is a, uh, should be a pretty famous uh, or a, a familiar passage here because we've been preaching through Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, of course, I covered this early on. But um, uh, this was part of the point that I made that we ought ought to be uh, get in, get in, get busy serving. And I think was the point in the message when I preached a couple months ago on this. But notice what he says, verse six, Romans chapter twelve, verse six and seven. Having then gives. Differing according to the grace that's given to us with a prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. So think about that for a minute. That is a supernatural gift that God gives for Christians to do. Amen? To teach. And uh, now I will say this. Uh, you better be very careful if that's what you're teaching because we're accountable for what we're teaching. We're accountable for that. And if our teaching would lead someone astray, that's on us. By the way, we're going to have to give an account for it one of these days. Amen. Uh, that's why, uh, uh, you shouldn't, uh, just, you know, uh, uh, be, uh, overzealous and just spouting things off. <laughs> you better make sure what you're saying is, Bible. Amen. And it's not opinion. It's Bible because you're, we're accountable for that. Especially, uh, when we're helping people growing in the Lord that don't know better. Amen. Man, it's so careful. We gotta be so careful by the things that we teach. But teaching is a, uh, a gift, uh, that God gives. Second Timothy chapter two. Let's go there. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Okay, look at verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me... Among many witnesses, the same commit that of faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now, this is an interesting verse here because you see an order of things. First of all, you uh, this is Paul, of course, uh, directing this teaching to Timothy. That's who uh, he's saying, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me. So that means this, Paul t- Paul taught Timothy some things, okay? Then Timothy was to teach, here's the term, Faithful men. Amen. Teach some things to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So th- look at the order. Look how this thing's supposed to go. Amen. Paul learned, uh, or Paul learned some things. He taught them to Timothy. Timothy learned some things. He taught them to faithful men. Faithful men taught them and taught them to others. That's the way it's supposed to work. Amen. And that's why it's important that we put ourselves under the right kind of teaching, Bible teaching, so we can learn sound Bible truth that we can teach others also. And what a wonderful thing there. Then look, if you will, down in verse 24 verse 24. Now this is a requirement here of a pastor, and but of course this could apply to anybody that's a servant of the Lord, but the context here is referring to the pastor, and the servant of the Lord must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. And uh, those are the requirements of uh, of being a pastor. But we could also say uh, that could refer to anybody that is a servant of the Lord. Apt to teach means able to teach. All right, by the way, if you're going to be able to teach, what you first must do, you must learn. Okay? Teaching requires learning. And uh, you know what learning requires? Study. Right? That's why it talks about study to show, show thyself approved unto God. All right, listen, folks. Um, you know, I don't uh get my I don't Google my sermons. Okay, now there are some uh, other godly men that I will you know uh, check some of their resources and and, and good uh, men that I trust, and I you know I'll, I'll borrow some of their knowledge. Okay, but it's not just a matter of you know what does so and so preacher off the internet say? That's not what this thing's about, man. You got to dig into it. Amen. You got to study it out. Figure out what the Bible says. Hey, compare scripture with scripture. By the way, you know what the best commentary in the Bible is? The Bible. Okay, I'm not against commentaries, but I don't, honestly don't use them a whole lot. Because the Bible completes itself. Amen? And the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. And uh, it's important that we learn to do that so that we can, in turn, teach it to others, and then they can teach it to others as well. Alright, last one here. Go to Titus. Titus chapter 2. All right, of course, Titus was another uh, a young preacher that Paul invested in. And um, uh, we see here that uh, a lot of the same instruction uh, Paul gave to Timothy, he gave to Titus as well. Titus chapter 2, and uh, let's look here again. This is God's plan. Let's look at verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Again, what's sound doctrine? That means it's proven Bible truth. That's sound doctrine. Amen. And by the way, uh, that's, that, that's what a, a good church is built upon. Sound doctrine. All right? Good Bible truth. Amen. That's why, if you read through our Constitution, the, 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 the foundational t- uh, things that this church stands on, scripture after scripture after scripture, backs them all up. Amen. And that's that's the sound doctrine this church is built upon. Amen. Now notice here uh, what we see, verse 2 through 4. All right? That the aged men, all right, talking about mature, not just talking about senior saints, but those that are spiritually mature. Now, obviously, that is a physical age, but it's also a spiritual age, all right? That the aged men, what are they to be? Sober. By the way, that word sober doesn't mean alcohol-free, although definitely God wants Christians to be alcohol-free, okay? The word sober means serious-minded, okay? Grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Notice this, verse 3. The aged women likewise, okay. So listen, ladies, you don't you don't get an exemption from this, okay? It's the mature, spiritually mature. Again, yes, there is a, a, a could be an age number on that, but it's not just referring to women over fifty, okay? Talk about spiritually mature women. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh. Look at the first thing God expects, and and He says it here, uh, and it's true for all Christians, but but He says it for for the aged women holiness. Amen? Listen, God expects His people to be holy. Be holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. All right? Holy, not false accusers, uh, accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Okay? So, uh, aged women, spiritual mature women. You need to be teaching some things now. Who is it you're to be teaching? Let me just stop and say this: not the men. Oh yeah, oh, I'm going there. Amen. Okay, because that's what the Bible says. Okay, I saw a funny video this week that uh, uh, there was this uh, a woman uh, and, and said uh, two reasons why why uh, women uh, or two reasons why women can be preachers. And she goes on there, because they have a firm, a deep love for Jesus, because they have a love for the Word of God. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, the Bible says women aren't supposed to be preachers. And she's like... I would tell you this, is so, so it's such a funny video. I would tell you what the um, uh, what, what the Bible really has to say, but I might be talking to a mixed audience. So why don't you get a man to explain it to you? <laughs> so anyway, some of you may not like that, but that's okay. All right, uh, but I thought it was hilarious. But um, but notice here. Let's get back to the scripture. All right, chase a little bit of a rabbit trail there. Okay, that they may teach. Okay, ladies, here you go. Who you, who is it God wants you to teach? The young women to be sober. To love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. I'm probably the only preacher in in this town that will read that verse right there. Okay, listen folks, it's Bible, amen? Okay, ladies, you're to be spiritually mature enough that you can teach the young women. And by the way, you know that's part of the reason we have these Bible studies is so that my wife can teach some things to you ladies that you need to learn. By the way, uh, she has done that, amen? And, uh, and I appreciate her, and I appreciate you ladies coming and being willing to learn from her. She's not perfect, but she fits these biblical descriptions, amen? And uh, she can teach you these things, and you need to learn these things, all right? By the way, you want a happy home, okay? You want, you want a happy marriage? Learn what the Bible has to say, amen? amen? Put down uh, Oprah's book. In fact, if you have one, burn it. It's all it's good for. I wouldn't even use it for toilet paper, amen. I'd burn it, okay? Yeah, I said it, amen, all right? Okay, Dr. Phil, go ahead and throw him in the fire too. All right, get rid of all that worldly, you know, uh, smacked with liberalism, uh, this ERA garbage, get rid of it, amen. Just go to the Bible, okay? That's why our church is in a mess, by the way. Because the men won't be men, the pastors don't have a spine, they're more interested in being the homeboy, hanging out with everybody, wearing their stupid skinny jeans, standing behind their stupid plexiglass pulpit with their shirt unbuttoned, just everybody homing out, man, let's just chill, you know, let's talk about Jesus the homeboy. The pastors don't have a spine, all right. and thus then the men see that, and they don't have a spine, and guess who starts taking leadership in the church? The women do. And you want to start knowing why our churches are in a mess? Because we're not following the Bible, that's why. Amen? You say, Preacher, that sounds a little male chauvinistic. No, it just sounds like Bible to me. Amen? That's what the Scripture says. And by the way, the Christians who live that way and get that, have happy homes, have happy marriages, and guess what? Surprise, surprise. Spirit-filled churches that accomplish something for Jesus Christ. See people saved. See people baptized. See people growing in the Lord, making an impact for eternity. That's what I'm interested in. Aren't, isn't that what you ought to be? What we all ought to be interested in, Amen. Amen? So hey, let's just obey the Bible, Amen. all right? And you know what, ladies, you have an obligation to teach, but you need to be teaching the right group. And for the aged women, it's to be teaching the younger women. Amen? All right? And then we could go on through, but we see that it's uh, uh, the young men also uh, exhort to be sober-minded, and on and on it goes. All right? So, you know what? We do have important uh, responsibilities to teach one another the things God would have for us to teach. But listen, let's do it qualified within Scripture. Do it God's way, God's plan. Amen? And again, folks, listen to me. You may not like what I said, but, uh, and I'm not just talking about the people in this room. I think you all like it in this room, all right? Amen. But maybe some people, you know, I might get some, you know, God forbid someone gives me a thumbs down on Facebook. Whoopee! Or a frowny face. In fact, I'm a little disappointed when I don't get frowny faces. All right, I don't want all the stupid happy faces all the time and all the little heart loves. Give me some mean, hateful stuff from time to time. That means I'm preaching the right thing, Amen. Listen, people may not like some of this stuff, but guess what? Who cares? It's the Word of God. Right? God's never been interested in what we, you know, our opinion is about it. No, God says, listen, if you want things to be right, do right. You want to hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, then simply obey what I've written in my eternal, inspired, preserved Word. Amen? So praise God, we're in a church where we're going to hear that kind of stuff. Now, I can, I can only do so much. I'm the messenger. You hear it. What you decide to do is between you and God. I can't go into anybody. I'm not interested in going to anybody's home making you do anything. But I am interested in you having a God-pleasing, a Christ-honoring home. Here's what I always say. You know what I feel like that I've accomplished my job is for when we stand before the Lord and give an account, if you have a good day at the judgment seat of Christ, to me that's the biggest accomplishment as a pastor you can have, preparing your people for the fact that they're going to face Christ one of these days. Amen? And by the way, that ought to be on all of our minds. Because I believe that day is coming sooner than later. Okay? And so let's live according to the Word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the Scripture tonight. What a wonderful, uh, Lord, uh, series we have just finished out. Our responsibilities one to another. And God, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to take these things to heart, God. I pray that we would, uh, Lord, obey these truths. God, help us all, Lord. There's, there's not one of us that couldn't obey your Word more. Lord, I know that I could. Lord, so I pray that you would help us, help us to uh, have the right responsibility as Christians one to another. We love you. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.